Welcome to another edition of the Inside Scoop. My name is Neil Crawford. I'm your host and also the founder of Anytime Soccer Training. If you're not familiar with the Inside Scoop, it's a podcast dedicated to helping parents learn about the soccer pathways that would be available to their child if they live in another city around the world. And this week, I meant to, I meant to publish this podcast a while ago, but I'm definitely going to get around to it this weekend. We're traveling traveling to Birmingham, the UK, to talk to a coach and parent trainer out there who also does some online training as well. And, and I'm going to bring him off for future for a future interview. But he was gracious enough to share his time to talk to us about youth soccer in Birmingham. And I'm going to drop that podcast to you. Now, I've been so behind on the podcast because we have so much going on with anytime soccer training. So one of the things that I'm doing is I've redesigned the website. And if you go to anytime-soccer.com next week, you're going to see hopefully a redesigned website that is more in line, if you will, with my own values and what we're trying to do with anytime soccer training. And that's a fancy way to say, we have a loads of free content there. So you can kind of see what it's all about. And you can train um, straight from the website. Don't sign up for anything. You can click and see the programs and get a few videos and, and get started right from the website. But in addition to that, we're going to have a resource section where we um, put the best ideas and the best resources for parents to check out blog posts, podcasts, all that stuff is going to be there because I want the website to be a resource for you guys as well, especially those who are just starting their soccer journey. I'm going to also republish, uh, I think it was like a nine part series I wrote once uh, about sort of the things I do with my son uh, at, at home and the whole arching strategy. And then I will follow it up with, I guess, a nine part podcast that talks about each article. So all that kind of stuff is coming soon. In addition to that, we're constantly adding new content to the uh, to the application. I just added rebounders, some finishing stuff, some more juggling, some passing, more dribbling. So we're constantly adding content. And if you're not, if you don't know any what I'm talking about whatsoever, anytime soccer training is the only training app that will include over 101 fun soccer games as well as over 1,000 training videos. So what I'm talking about now is I've added a lot more training uh, content to an already robust training curriculum in my goal to get to over 1,000. Now, probably makes zero business sense to continue to pump out this content, but the reality is I use the um, platform for my, my boys. And so I want them to have that variety and I don't want them to have to wait on me to get this stuff done. So I've been adding a lot of content and, uh, and they've responded very well to it. Now, this particular podcast is gonna be one of those ones where I offer an opinion or a way I think about something. And it's gonna be broken into two parts, okay? The first part is just gonna be recalibrating what the overall podcast is supposed to be about and the aims of the overall podcast. And the reason I wanna do that is based on a lot of conversations on the Facebook group, I wanna re, sort of reorientate everybody about what direction we're trying to go with this thing, especially um, the few parent trainers that are out there as we defined in previous podcasts. 
And then after I do that, then I want to talk about the, the meat and potatoes or the subject matter for this particular podcast, which is going to be a framework for thinking about self-improvement and how to apply self-improvement into your own life. And then it's from that framework that we will then over future shows start digging into each um, area of this framework. So bear with me on that. I'm going to try to do this one relatively quickly because I know um, you guys are very, very, very busy parents and coaches and stuff, and you probably don't have a lot of time. So I'm going to try to keep it, keep it as short as I can. All right. So let's let's recalibrate now. Before I even start that, let's just say that this particular podcast is not in any logical order. I was just listening to um, something, an uh, author on YouTube, talk about something, and it made me think about this framework for um, self-improvement. So I thought, you know what, let me go ahead and drop it while the iron is hot. But um, after I finish these couple of podcasts, I'll go back and sort of get a little bit more linear on some of the stuff that we talked about at the beginning of the year that I said I was going to drop. All right, so let's let's recalibrate really quickly. What am I trying to do with this particular podcast and why hopefully it should matter to you? So the first thing in the the most the 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 bread and butter of the podcast is to interview people from all around the world, all walks of life about youth soccer in their area. And if you listen to the podcast, you know that I often say that there's a lot of conversations and a lot of content about youth soccer around the world. But normally it's an um, academy director talking to another academy director or a coach talking to another coach, uh, another coach. And so it's from the perspective of professionals working in youth soccer. And I wanted to create a podcast that, that effectively was almost like if you were moving to that city and you had a relative there and you wanted to sign your child up for soccer, what what should you expect, right? And, and, and then let's go into the details. What are you doing Monday through Friday or Monday through Saturday or Sunday? And let's go to the details. How much does it cost? Do you have uniforms and all that kind of stuff? So that's what the inside scoop is primarily focused on. But it became clear to me very quickly that I also needed to do uh, an, another um, um, group or series of podcasts that I'm calling Raising the Whole Child. And that's where I talk to professionals in the various various disciplines that impact our children um, so that those professionals can give us actionable advice and admonishments and information, research-based information to help us raise an, uh, healthy and prosperous children. So I'll talk to college recruiters, I'll talk to mindset specialists, I'll talk to um, medical professionals and trainers and doctors or whoever else is out there that can help us raise the whole child. So that's another series. And then what I want to do personally um, is offer uh, actionable tips as it relates to working with your own child and as it relates to working with your own child in a way that's positive and not negative. Because one of my pet peeves is too much fluff, right? So you'll, you'll often hear people will offer tips, but they're so obviously true that they don't have any um, substance to them. And so what I want to do with this show is say, hey, yeah, I know all children are different. Yes, I know all parents are different. But the bottom line is these are things that I do and they work for me. These are things that other people do and they work for them. And I'm going to share with them. You pick and choose 
or, or modify what can work for you. So that's another thing that we're trying to do. And then another thing we want to do is we want to broaden the conversation of youth soccer and youth soccer development. We want to broaden that to just personal growth in general, right? Because I firmly believe that the lessons that I'm learning in youth soccer and the lessons that you're learning in youth soccer and the lessons that we're trying to instill in our children, these are timeless lessons. These are not soccer specific lessons. These are timeless lessons. And we're just using youth soccer as one of the vehicles to instill um, some of these life lessons. But the, but the catch is we got to do it in a way that's positive and not negative. And in many cases, we're doing it before our children are mature enough to really appreciate what we're trying to do. And I don't even think they'll ever be mature enough to appreciate what, it, what we're trying to do, but they're definitely not uh, old enough now to appreciate what we're trying to do. So how do we strike that right balance? And so we, we do a lot of talking about that. And the final thing, and this is just, again, an overarching, I guess you'd say pet peeve, even though I don't, I don't want to be negative about it. But definitely something that I saw that was needed is within the parent information space or parent education space. A lot of the advice that we receive is, is great advice. And as a matter of fact, I would never criticize anyone who is taking their time to try to help me uh, have a better relationship, better sporting relationship with my child because it is complete yeoman's work you're not going to become a millionaire educating well you maybe you could i'm not going to become a millionaire educating parents on how to have a better sporting relationship with their children most people who are doing this are doing this because they're passionate about it and they've seen um mistakes happen maybe it happened in their own life or they've seen it happen so many times with the families they deal with and they want to improve the lives of at least one other family if they can but having said that a lot of times this stuff is this stuff is filled with what I call obvious truths, right? With no detail. And then they don't reconcile these obvious truths on one hand with the timeless truths that we know to be true. So for example, um, it should be fun, right? That, that's an obvious truth that I have a seven-year-old. I'm not going to work with him in soccer constantly and not be fun to him. This is going to drive him crazy. This is an obvious truth. But at the same time, we know that unless you're just um, setting, unless you're just like standing 30 feet in front of goal and free kicking, your kid, or just completely free playing, your kid is probably not going to have maximum fun at that particular time. So how do we reconcile the need to develop them or help them develop, develop or supplement their development with the fact that it's not going to be 100 percent, 100 uh, 100% fun, 100% all the time. And I talked about that in a previous podcast, but I'm dropping that example to say, there are so many obvious truths thrown out there, but rarely do I get, do I hear where people actually get into the details and, and, and be vulnerable and put themselves on the line. So a lot of times I tell people, and I'll conclude with this, with this podcast, if I do these shows, right? And after you listen to all of these shows, you agree 100% with everything I'm saying, I probably haven't done my job or you're a brother from another mother because if because the whole purpose of this is for you guys to hear my perspective which is one perspective so that I can get feedback on my on my perspective and grow which is what I'm doing 
but also to stimulate conversation within the groups, right? And put this stuff out there for public conversation, uh, public consumption, so that other experts in the know might can say, wait a minute, wait a minute, I know that might sound like it's a good idea, but actually the research is suggesting that's wrong and this is why. And so that's part of what we're trying to do here is I'll put it out there and then let people let people respond in kind. So that's an overview um, of what we're trying to do here. And I felt like that overview was needed because I think the conversations on social media, the conversations I have with people one-on-one um, -on -one, um, sometimes get away from that core essence of what I'm trying to do with any time soccer training. And I'm trying to do that for a target audience who I call parent trainers. And these are people who don't care about the soccer, they care about individual development, but they recognize the dilemma, right? That their child is really young. So they constantly are trying to figure out ways to balance uh, deliberate practice um, with fun and, and overall development and, and, and making this thing positive and not negative not being a coach worshiper, but yielding to the professionals uh, for most of the, the uh, most of the training, but then supplementing what they do at home, whether it be hiring someone or ideally a little bit of both, maybe you hire somebody to do some stuff and then you also do some things on your own. And you do that because again, you're not, um, you're not, you're, you're standing in for the child um, until the child is able to stand in for themselves. So you're, you're almost acting as a as quasi individual on behalf of the child until they're old enough to understand that in order to get to achieve their goals and anything, it's going to take individual commitment from them when no one else is watching. And that's kind of what you're doing now. You're modeling that for them uh, in your own personal life and also um, within youth soccer training. So that's so that's the target audience, and that's what we're trying to do with this podcast. All right. So now that I said all that. Now let's jump into what this particular show is going to be about. And I'm recording this show now for a couple of reasons. Number one, I'm actually heading on a road trip down to Charlotte tomorrow because my son has two games. And I actually use these podcasts. I forced them. They're going to laugh when they hear this. I forced them to listen to this stuff. Uh, because it's a great way for me to explain to them some, I guess, rel relatively complex concepts uh, in a way that's not threatening or too preachy, right? And so that's one reason. And another reason I'm recording is because I was watching a YouTube video on um, with my Michael uh, Malcolm Gladwell did a did a presentation to some graduate students, and it was a few things that he said that inspired this particular. Um, podcast. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to, um, the subject of it is going to be, is framework for self-improvement. So what we're going to do is talk about this framework, not go into too much detail. And then I'm going to invite folks on to go into more and more detail about how we can improve uh, within each area of these particular framework for ourselves, as well as for our children. Um, yeah, so that's what we're going to try to do. So again, I call it a framework for self-improvement. So if someone came to me and said, and this is kind of what Malcolm Gladwell was trying to say, but he went into a lot more detail. He went into areas that I'm not going to go to, to in this podcast, but I will link the, um, the interview uh, on the Facebook group, the Anytime Soccer Training Facebook group, so you guys can see the entire uh, interview and also the Q&A. 
But what he was really trying to do was he was trying to explain or create his own framework based on the research that he had been reading about why some people succeed and why others don't. And he had his own views, which I'm going to share. Um, and that kind of that kind of um, prompted me to think about this framework. And it's you know a framework for self improvement, and it kind of gets into sort of how how one why some people succeed and others don't. So the first thing is the first bullet point is you know on why people succeed and others don't is where do you start right and i and i would think about this as a formula and the um quotients the uh, of the formula and the weights of the formula vary based on your own individual situation so it's this times this times this times this times this is going to get you a probability of success and the weights of each area um have dis have different impacts on your probability of success so where you start is the first, uh, not in any particular logical order, uh, linear order, but where is the first thing we talk about, where you start. And that's actually one of the areas that you don't have much control over. So if, if, you are, if success to you is becoming wealthy, if you are born into wealth, your probability of, of staying wealthy is much higher than someone who is not. So where you start. Well, in the youth soccer context is also not only where you start, but also what physical attributes, what mental att attributes, innate mental attributes, I should say, that you are born with. That is a very important part of your probability to be successful, right? But, but, but it's only one part of it, okay? So you are where you are, right? So if you want to be an NBA player and you're 5'1", you know, you just have to know that, right? And there are NBA players who are really, really, really short, but you have to understand that you're going to face obstacles just solely out of your control because of nothing that you did, but that's just where you're at. The next thing is that I added this, what do you value? What's important to you, right? And this is a, this can be a very controversial um, statement and not something I'm going to go into too much detail at the moment, but it can be controversial, especially in political um, context, because people take this statement that I'm making and then they use it for whatever political sort of ideology they already have, right? But what do you value is extremely important and take it from somebody who worked in schools, right? Uh, people who valued education just figured out a way to make it work. Right. No matter what the obstacles were to a degree, no matter where they started to a degree, no matter what the disadvantages they were bringing to the table, people who really cared about it and really cared about it for their kids just figured out a way to make it work. Right. And so what, what you value really, really matters. Right. So in a youth soccer context, I value skill acquisition for my boys as it relates to youth soccer. I think that's extremely important. And all of my behavior in, um, yeah, all of my behavior as it relates to um, youth soccer, you'll start seeing, if you were following me around, um, manifestations or examples that sort of relate to that value. And it's really important. So, so the first thing I always ask parents, is this important to you, right? 
Like, if it's important to you, then here's what I recommend. If you're just doing it, uh, skill acquisition is not that important to you, then you know what I'm about to say, for example, may or may not be relevant to you, right? And it doesn't have to be, and there's no there's no judgment. It doesn't have to be important. Like like my son learning the instrument he used to use. I mean, it wasn't particularly important to me. I kind of whatever the teachers gave him, that's kind of what I used. Did so. What do you value? And and then what Malcolm Gladwell gets into. And we'll talk about this in, in the broader um, youth soccer context is culturally, what does your what does the culture that you're operating in within ethnic, national, industry, what is that culture value? And how does that though, how do those cultural values impact uh, the probability of success overall for the people that are operating within it? So, and that's a good segue into our um the next the next component, which is your expectation. So if we were in, um, say, in Brazil, well, we know the culture there really, really values um, soccer uh, and they're really passionate about it, right? And so because of that, kids are always on the ball. They really value it. And then there's this expectations that expectation that our kids are going to be extremely technical, very good on the ball, and that we will win the World Cup. And apparently, it hasn't always been the case for Brazil in particular, but it is the case now that the expectations are very high, right? So the level of your expectations also have a profound impact on your probability of success. And it's important to remember the level. So the higher the expectations, the higher your probability of success. Lower your expectations, the lower your, your probability of success. It's really that simple, right? And a lot of that, believe it or not, is right in between the ears, is in your mind. What, what do you expect to happen, right? So when I worked in the school, that was the first thing we we try to deal with with our students and our families. Forget whatever happened before, this is the expectations here, right? We start there. And then everything else we do uh, is based on that expectation, right? And then the next one is sort of how do you process information? How do you think? In this whole area of how does one think, how does one deal with a certain set of circumstances mentally has now been, um, sort of summarized in this whole um, growth mentality genre, grit, right? Something bad happens to you. You lose the game. How do you think about it? You don't make the team. Do you say, oh, it's the coach. They don't see my potential. Or do you say, "Where? what areas do I um, have to improve? I used to tell my older son, I used to enjoy, I enjoy it when you don't start. I like for you to, he doesn't like that, but I like, I love it when you come off the bench because that's a way for me to quickly see and others to a lesser extent, your impact, right? So I don't, as a parent, I don't look at it like, why is my child not starting? I look at it like, okay, what impact will my, this is an opportunity for my, for me to assess to a lesser extent, I mean, they're, they're really young, so I don't go that detail into it, but this is an opportunity for me to see what impact is my child going to have on the game when they come in, right? But that's all about growth mentality, right? 
right? So you have an opportunity. You can look at some things positively or negatively. You can look at things static. You know, this is where I'm at. Or you can look at things as yet. I always say yet. This is where I am right now, right? I'm not where I need to be yet, but I'm moving in that direction. So how you process information and the mentality that you use to do so, it's very important. And that's so important. That's another area that we're going to dig a lot deeper into. And then it's the actions that you take. And we're going to dig deep into the, to the actions as well, because I gotta, I'm actually going to do a podcast on this where we talk about... Um, the reward system, and I'm building a reward system within Anytime Soccer Training, but it's a reward system based on my own personal life and based on what I do with my boys. And it's basically says, you know, there's some trigger, then there's some kind of routine, and then there's some kind of reward. And, and that, that loop has an impact on you maintaining certain actions, right? So it's not good enough just to say you need to do this thing. It's psychological in the, in the sense that you're trying to create routines for your children and for yourself to keep you motivated and do it. And that's what we're trying, that's what we're gonna do in Anytime Soccer Training. But more importantly, that's those are the ideas I wanna share with you guys so that you can implement them any kind of way into your own life, but it's the actions you take. And then, most of the stuff I talked about, except, you know, where you start, you know, the physical attributes you have, the mental attributes you have, most of that stuff we talked about in this equation, and rightfully so, are the things that you have absolute control over or you have a lot of influence over. But overarching all of that is this sort of societal situation that you're born into. Now, in a youth soccer context, that's going to be, you know, we're going to have people come in and talk about U.S. soccer, right? And there are situations, a lot of situations actually, where your individual effort um, just is not enough. I mean, it, it, the situation is just not enough. Now, it may be enough for you to um, be the exception to the rule, but when we start thinking about the entire landscape of, say, soccer athletes, if the system is too dysfunctional, then it, it, it just becomes very challenging for us to make sort of... Um, societal gains or industry gains within youth soccer uh, in this particular case. And you can say from a national perspective on other areas as well. And then finally, the final one is there are always exceptions to the rule. And we're not gonna deal too many with the, too much with the exceptions to the rule because there are exceptions to the rule, but you know, you can have ill health or something could happen and you get really injured, even though we will talk about injury prevention, but there's some freak things that can happen that are just exceptions to the rule. Now. Again, I threw a lot at you, so let me summarize. We're talking about a framework for self-improvement, right? And then we're putting that framework into a simple formula that says this times, this times, this times, this eventually gets to your probability of success. And where you, in the lower you are in one area, you need to make it up in other areas, right? So if you start off behind the eight ball, maybe your parents can't pay for travel soccer, maybe you don't have the physical attributes as others, then you may need to make it up in sort of how you think about things, how you process things, or your actions, your grit, right? And so I'm going to summarize those really quickly, um, and then I'm going to probably leave with a quick tip. And the reason I dro I'm dropping this podcast is not to go too much into detail with, into any of these particular areas. But to say that um, 
over the next course of podcasts, as I get time, we're going to dig deeper into each one of the components, right? And so an example would be, how do we dig deeper in where you start? Well, we'll look at different communities. I have a guy in mind. We'll look at different communities and youth soccer in their, in their area and so inherent disadvantages that their children face that are of no fault of their own. And then how as a group, how as a, a society, as people who care, how can we um, reduce some of these barrier to entries uh, for youth soccer? And what impact does that have on youth soccer nationally from an American, compact, uh, con, uh, American perspective, especially as it relates to our um, capacity building, right? Or capitalization term that Michael Gladwell used, which is effectively saying, how can we produce more um, and better soccer players, I guess you say, how do we maximize the outcomes for uh, uh, people who are potentially soccer players in our, in our country? And I'm not doing a great job of explaining what he was saying, so I apologize for that, but he's effectively saying, you know, it's not that, I think he used an example with Ethiopia and Kenya, it's not necessarily that they're always better long distance runners there's something dealing with the highlands that's important to understand but he was effectively saying they have this uh this cultural attitude towards running they have the expectations towards running but more importantly they also create systems to capitalize on the raw talent that's available to them and the higher the capitalization uh the more runners you're going to produce and i think there's something to be said with that with youth soccer, pay to play, how minority opportunities that minorities, women, people of color, you know, urban areas, access to the soccer. I think there's something to be said there and we wanna explore it. So the first one again is sort of where do we start, right? And then in terms of the physical stuff, we're gonna, I wanna talk to coaches about sort of bio banding and, and alternatives to uh, the way we organize youth soccer now, which is largely by, by age group, right? So how do we make sure that those late bloomers, especially late physical bloomers, um, are given an opportunity to excel just like the early developers and not just from a moral perspective, but again, it's also from a capitalization perspective of getting the most um, out of the resources that we have available to us. And then the next one is, and it's and what I'm gonna say is controversial in some subject, some in some areas, but is what do you value, right? And so as a parent, my admonishment to you as another parent is dig deep and, and reflect on is this important to you, right? Uh, I've spoken to so many parents in the past who want me to work with their child or ask me a bunch of questions. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, that's what I'm here for. But after about a week, I realized this is not important to you, right? So you know, don't waste your time. Don't waste my time. Don't waste your child's time. Just go out there, have fun and enjoy it. This is not important to you, right? Because I can just tell by your behavior, which then brings on brings me to a next point. point. But get your expectations right. So um, I want to talk to coaches about expectations because um, expectations are a double-edged sword, right? You don't want to put too much pressure on your child. But at the same time, um, you do want to set some realistic high expectations because that's what drives all the behavior, which we go, uh, that's what drives the behavior and that's what uh, motivates people to continue, to continue, to continue. 
And with that being said, then we get into that growth mindset. How do you think about things? So that's another part of the equation. And I hope you're able to follow what I'm saying, but how do you process information, right? How you process information to me is a big factor on your probability of success, right? So if you get cut from the team, if two kids get cut from the team and I talk to the parents and one parent explains to me how the club is messed up and the coach is messed up and they don't do a good job of evaluating kids and blah, blah, blah. And another parent comes to me and says, yeah, so this summer we're going to put in some work and we're going to be ready for next year. I already know which one has a higher probability of success, even though the same thing happened to them, but it's because of the way they think. And so that's something we want to dig in even more. Then the actions that you take to support um, what you actually believe, what you value, your mindset, the actions that you take. And we, we're going to dig into that because it's not good enough, like we talked about, to just say, okay, you need to, you need to work harder, right? Um, that's important. But we want to we're going to dig into deep, dig deeper into that. And I think for me anyways, it's, it's going to be helpful to explore sort of the triggers, the uh, routine and the rewards within the actions you take. And then to a lesser extent, we'll talk about U.S. soccer and the impact the entire. Um, I guess you say U.S. soccer industry has on the potential outcomes for our children. And then what are ways as individuals can we net? What are suggestions that folks may have for us to navigate the U.S. soccer landscape or, or the lack thereof? And then finally, there's always exceptions to the rule. Okay, so, so that's the framework for self-improvement. I hope you were able to follow what I was saying. Uh, uh, I don't know if this one, this one was particularly entertaining or not, but it is something that I hope folks can comment on the Facebook group about how you think about self-improvement. So if you had to explain to somebody how should I start thinking about the probability of me being successful, the probability of my achieving my goals, whatever they are, which another thing we'll talk about is goal setting. How should I be thinking about it? I'd be very interested in hearing your feedback in the Facebook group about how should, how do you, how would you explain to someone, you know, you, if you do these things, you're going to have a higher probability of success than someone who doesn't. Okay. So let me end with a quick tip. And I posted this video on Facebook, but uh, for those who haven't seen it, I'm going to end with a very, very short and quick tip as it relates to soccer training. All right. If you're working with your child, whether you're a trainer or um, a parent, and this is definitely for the parents out there, and you're working with your child, and you want to enhance whatever you're doing, I'm going to tell you something that will work 100%. You can always 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 throw something at them now i'm being a little facetious here don't throw anything that's too hard but if you if your kid is doing a, a dribbling exercise and you start throwing tennis balls at them don't throw golf balls but you start start throwing tennis balls at them it's going to enhance it's going to challenge them to look up it's going to challenge them to be aware of their society uh surroundings and oh by the way they're going to have more fun so my, my tip to you is once they get the basics and once they, once they get a handle of what's going on, throw things at them. Even with just juggling with my older one, I started throwing it and see if he can catch the tennis ball or throwing it just to distract him, but just throw it at him. I posted a video on Facebook, which I'll probably reshare, where two of my boys, and this will be part of the program, were doing a dribble tag. Sorry, not two of my boy, my boy, my son and one of his teammates were doing dribble tag. 
And then I had my older son just throwing tennis balls at them. So not only do they have to tag each other while, while maintaining the dribble, but they also have to avoid being hit by a tennis ball uh, with my older son. And we, I bought a big thing of tennis ball. So he had about 30. He's just constantly throwing at them, throwing them at them. So it was just fun for everybody and they really enjoy it, but it also reinforces the need to be aware of your surrounding. Um, obviously stay close to the ball, uh, but you also had the goal of trying to tag the other person uh, who was dribbling. And so that person not only has to speed up, slow down and change direction, but also be aware not to get hit by the tennis ball. So it's just a good, fun way of doing it. And you can apply, you can apply this to anything that you, anything that you do. All right. So that will wrap up this particular episode. I hope you found this helpful. Again, my name is Neil Crawford. I'm the founder of Anytime Soccer Training. You can go to anytime-soccer.com, sign up for the mailing list, and we'll send you some content like this. And uh, you guys have a great weekend, and let's get better together.